Hey guys, it's your girl Etta, also known as the CEO paralegal, author, legal consultant, legal educator, and of course, your host of the Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. Join in on the fun by downloading, subscribing, and sharing our content. You can also take your support further by hitting the coin icon on the Let's Talk Paralegal website, where as a thank you, we will provide you with exclusive content, news, and maybe even some swag. So what are you waiting for? Hit pause and share your support now. This episode, I get to speak with a fellow legal innovator from across the world, Esther Atin. After studying law and having several legal degrees under her belt, the day before she went to take the final exam, she realized that being a lawyer was just not for her or the lifestyle she was working on creating. So she decided to pave her own path. Sound familiar? Listen in for more. Need an extra set of hands for a case that requires a little more investigation work? Check out our proud sponsor of Season 3, Affirm Investigative Solutions, where you get the tailored and personal care for your case when you need it most. With over 10 years of experience, Affirm Investigative Solutions makes the process easy. Set up a call, develop a plan, and then execute that plan. Affirm Investigative Solutions, the litigation partner that has your back. Hi, Esther. Welcome to the Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. Um, we have spoken a couple of times, so that's pretty um, interesting because I, I don't get to speak to my, my guests very often right before they come on or, or sometimes at all. So um, you have an interesting story in general, and I know the audience is going to be very uh, intrigued on your story as well. So we can briefly go into that probably later on in the podcast if we have time for it. If not, we'll do maybe another little segment for you. So so depending on how it goes right now, but we want to really focus on the audience right now. Um, The main, uh, the bulk of our audience is paralegals, legal professionals, lawyers in general, right? Um, Trying to find their way, trying to either get empowered or find something that is meaningful, right? Uh, There's a lot of burnout. uh, There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress in the legal industry. Uh, I think we're rated, I believe it's either, uh, we got up to number two, I believe, I'm not sure, don't quote me on that, to the highest suicide rates, um, you know, legal, legal professionals, um, you know, we're always under a lot of stress. So balancing that plus trying to balance our life plus balancing the work, um, it can create a lot of chaos in general. And so I love how you say showing up. And I know you said that, that we're going to talk about that very loosely. So maybe we can go into showing up and being the best, best you right possible Um, understanding that there are other elements to our lives that sometimes may deter us from that or sometimes may uh, create this negative, um, I guess, negativity, negative bias, you know, negative thoughts uh, that can prevent us from moving forward in our lives in general. So talk a little bit more about that. And um, I guess we'll go from there. Okay. Okay. So um, thank you so much for having me on. Um, The main thing that I do is I help women in law and in media to develop stronger voices because you want to be heard one way or the other um, to develop solid careers and 
more stable, personalized, because you don't want to be that caricature or that stereotype of, you know, boss woman who doesn't have a personal life or someone whose personal life, in quote, gets in the way of the career. And so um, one of the the main things that I've discovered, I come from, uh, in terms of academic sense, I come from a law background. So I have a law degree from uh, the University of Kent in Canterbury in the UK, as well as a postgraduate certificate in food law from the Montfort University in Leicester, also in the UK. Long story about why I chose that. But um, one of the things that I remember growing up was um, watching American um, legal drama series where it was always one of two things. Either the, the, the female lawyer was portrayed as really flirty and kind of dumb and um, sort of just got, got uh, results by sheer luck or it was the other extreme where she was um, just really cold and didn't smile and, and people were afraid of her and she did not have a life. And just going through um, my law degree and just looking at the different kinds of people that there were different kinds of women that were there. I remember in my, I think it was my first year or my second year at uni. In, in the UK, a law degree, a regular law degree takes three years to do undergrad. And I think it was my first year, my second year, I don't remember which, but um, we had solicitors come into the uni. And um, so just to talk to us about what to expect and all that. And I remember that being the point, yeah, it had to be my second year because I remember that being the point where I started to have doubts about going into law as a career because the women that I saw were very successful, but they were hardened. I don't know if that makes sense. They're, they were pretty, they, but their eyes, I don't know what it was. It, it, was, it was, they were hardened. And I remember this one who talked about how she had, um, she made a lot of money enough to hire a personal shopper but that wasn't what was the problem for me the problem was she needed a personal shopper because she couldn't go out and buy her own clothes and I'm like but you're earning that money you don't have time to go and spend this money that you're making to actually enjoy this so it's not like oh I don't know fashion or I don't know fashion trends so let me get help it's I literally won't have any clothes to wear because I don't have time to leave the office and then there was this other one talking about how um, she had to, uh, there was something about not being able to go on a family holiday that she was paying half off and that um, she and her husband had booked well in advance. And I remember thinking, no, this is, this is not a life. I can't, you know, you can't work so hard that you can, financially afford this thing and your children know yes this is you know this is what mommy does so um so they, they built up this vacation thing in their head because you know that's what happens and then time for the vacation you're like oh no you guys can go with your dad um so that's you can't this thing they've built up you can't do that because you're working and you have to keep working so that you can stay on top of your game and then there was this one who couldn't um 
she couldn't go drop her child off at university for the first time. And, and at that point, I was like, something's wrong. This is really, uh, no. You yeah, know, like, I get balance, right? Yeah. And these were women that worked in the city. In the UK, there's this um, part of London that we call the city, and it's financial London. So it's um, where the, the I think these are called the magic circle firms. So it's where uh, the investment banks and all that were. That's like a Wall like in New York? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. That That's what it would be, but the London equivalent. And I'm thinking something's, this can't be right. There has to be another way for me to, if I'm going to do this, enjoy a career that I love, that loves me back. And I can have a personal life as well, because I, I'm not going to spend my entire life in the office and, you know, traveling um, at the beck and call of somebody who's not even my under age child, this is ridiculous. And um, I eventually ended up not going to law school. So on the day of my final exam, it just hit me, you don't actually want to become a lawyer, just finish this degree and and figure out later on. Um, but even after that, and then getting my postgraduate in food law, because I really, I just thought it was just gonna be really interesting, which it was, and I liked doing it. And I thought, yes, this is something different because a lot of people that were doing master's degrees at the time, they were doing it in like very normal things and very popular things like commercial law and, and you know, banking or something. And I thought, no, food law. So even sometimes when I say it now, people think they've misheard and they're like, wait, there's something, did you actually say what I thought you said? You said food law that's a real thing I'm like yeah that's an actual real thing and I found out that even after you know getting that degree and, and returning to Nigeria and then talking to women who are lawyers or who are just in law so they are um, paralegals or legal secretaries and all that finding out that one the confidence level is not as great as you would assume just looking at them from the outside there are women that feel like i'm not going to be taken seriously because i'm a woman so i can't speak up in a room full of lawyers i mean i can speak to a client because i'm supposed to you know i'm supposed to be able to do that but i can't speak up in a room full of uh, other lawyers because um one the seniority thing um so if they are um if they are too very senior, so I can't speak up. But on the other hand, you find out that if you're not speaking up, then they don't know you and they don't know what you're able to bring to the table. So of course, when time for certain juicy cases come or certain opportunities and all that, you get bypassed, right? And you can't, there's this thing that I say, which is that nice girl, I mean, I heard it somewhere, nice girls never make history. And so you're thinking, oh, I'm going to be cute and I'm, and somebody's going to notice me. No, do you have any idea how many lawyers are or how many people who are legally qualified in one way or the other? Do you know how many they are in existence? So why would somebody notice you when you're not speaking up? In other words, you're not marketing yourself, right? And some people kind of feel what well, I want to market myself. I want people to know what I can do, but I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to come across as obnoxious and a know-it-all and, you know, and so there's that line of, okay, what do I do? And so there's also that thing of where people, some women feel like, I, I don't really know how to show up. 
it, so in Nigeria, uh, there's a there's a definite uniform for lawyers and practice. Like you can wear certain other things when you're not in court, but you have to wear white and black, um, and it has to be a skirt. You can't wear trousers if you're female, and all that. And then you have to put on the the wig and the coat if you're in. Uh, high court or the appeal court or supreme court um and so that whole thing sometimes i don't know how to show up like i know how to show up physically because this is what i've been told to do but i don't know how to show up in a way that um makes me stand out yet not threaten anybody's sensibilities to the point where it would be it would be counted against me because people at the bar they have very long memories if you mess up one time like they might not say to you to your face but yeah just know it's going on a record somewhere right and so that's basically um what I help women do and it like I said you need to have a stronger voice and a stronger voice doesn't mean shouting just i'm like please don't shout especially if you don't absolutely have to Mm -hmm. don't shout at anybody but there is a way to do that in a way that suits you so when i say in a way that suits you i mean your temperament um your experience your what everything that makes you you so one woman can be gregarious and another can be more reserved and that is their actual nature um but it doesn't mean that when it comes down to the work it doesn't necessarily mean that one is um is less valuable or her output is not as important as the other one i mean at the end of the day like some people personally i'm what i think people will call an introverted extrovert on on a normal day I would just be on my own I don't want to say anything I don't want to I just want to be left alone to just do my own work but you have to interact with other people and so when sometimes some people see me in the media or see me out and about they go oh my gosh like you know she's doing all that so she must want to be out all the time I'm like no I don't this is called work so even my uh my other half when we first got together he was a bit concerned because he was like, well, you're doing all this media stuff. Don't you find me boring? And I'm like, no, all this media stuff I'm doing, this is called work. I, I don't like my real like off work persona is this person is I'm, I'm fine with you. I don't want you, please don't go and be all gregarious and all that. Like, I'm like, if I wanted to be with someone like that, I know where to find them. I would go and find them. So it's, you know, it it is really important for a woman in law, whether it's a paralegal to on some level, yeah, be proactive because like I said, if you're not, nobody's going to notice you. Like you're not going to just sit there and be pretty and people are going to notice you. I mean, even in beauty contests, which um, some would say is kind of based on how you look, like how pretty you look, you need to bring something else to the table that makes you stand out and people, for people to remember you. That's the thing I always say, be memorable for the right reasons. So when I attend events, and I want to be remembered. First of all, the way that I dress, I dress in something that I know nobody else is going to be wearing. But if I can't help that, because obviously I don't, you know, sometimes you don't know, I make sure that I ask certain questions. There are questions that you ask that the people you're talking to definitely remember you. They have to. 
They're not, you know, they're not stupid questions and they're not insulting questions, but they're very, you know, the kind of questions that make them know, oh, okay, this person was really listening and they really took something away and they want to know more. So in, you know, in scenarios like that, it's, you know, what I do and what I um, advise women in law to do uh, to basically get noticed. Yeah. Or else and I think nobody, one of the best yeah. ways to get noticed is to get personable. A lot of people don't like to mix the personal with the professional, but most of my impactful uh, moments and most of my connections were because I got personal. Uh, you know, perfect example, my LinkedIn post. Most of the mm-hmm. ones that I get the highest comments, the highest shares are when I introduce a little story about my kids or my day. And then at the end, I'll end it with a professional note. But knowing, um, I think reminding people that you're still human, right? That you're still a yeah. mom, that you're still this and you're still that and you're still able to do all these things. Um, yeah really sets the tone for people and they're like oh my gosh she's a mom of two like I didn't even know that I wouldn't have even known you know what I mean like a lot of people get really um intrigued when they find out I'm a mom because that for some reason adds like an extra layer and I'm a mom that's like you said very present you know drop off and pick up at school extracurriculum activities and still running the business so mm-hmm. understanding, um, I guess, giving that example to people, right? And then back to your example about when you're networking and um, that personal touch. Oh, wow, you have children. So do I. My kids are, you know, how old are your kids? You know, oh, my goodness. What do they do? What are they into? Are they into karate, dance, uh, any sports? You know, yeah. really making that connection um, memorable, like you said, in a good way, um, yes. really will remind people and 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 you'll stay in the forefront of their minds they'll be like oh my god that person was so nice and they have kids too and their kids do karate as well and and they'll understand and they'll remember you in a way where it's like wow they're just human just like me right I think people absolutely just forget that we're human <laughs> yeah yeah and and even um it, when I you know talking about networking it's not just physically in person it's even on linkedin right um so sometimes people will just i I have no idea why people do this they'll just um like click connect or something and i'm like but you don't know me i don't know you and you know you could be a stalker for all i know and a dirty person that's why they have that ad note right where you add yeah and so um, I, I was talking to somebody who had sent out, this was an email that she sent for um, an event that she was trying to have. And I told her, you should have sent me this email to check before you sent it out to all these people. Because she had come back to me saying, well, these people um, that she's trying to invite as speakers didn't want to, they were all saying no. And I'm like, what did you tell them? And I saw it. And I was like, well, this is why you you don't introduce yourself to people like this you need to make sh- make them know that first of all you know what they're about and then you craft whatever it is that you're saying just like I I do on LinkedIn whatever it is that is your message or is your you know whatever it is that you're about to meet their own need so the way I'm like you know you're 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 thinking about this as an email but think about it as if you were in front of this person physically 
everything that you've said in this email, would you say this to a complete stranger? Would you say the way you've said it? And she said, no. And I'm like, so this is why you're getting this result. Yeah. And so going back to that, you know, when you're networking, whether you, it's in person or online, in an email, in a, you know, in a LinkedIn uh, connect message, whatever it is. And for women in law, whether you are a legal who is trying to get more business, uh, so you're trying to get a law firm to hire you. I'm like, first of all, assume that they get 200 people reaching out to them on the same day, right? They might not, but just assume that. What would you say to them to make yourself stand out for? They're not, if you, I mean, LinkedIn doesn't have a very long, uh, it's not like, the length is not like an email length, but if you were to send an email, that length, nobody's going to stand there and wait for you to say all that, right? So think about, it's the elevator pitch. Think and be concise. What is it that you have that this person might be looking for, meaning that you have to do a bit of research into what they, that that party is looking for, what they do, and why would you be the best person, right? So it it, it also gives that personal touch. So it's not, um, oh, I have a degree in this and I went to this school. At the end of the day, what does that actually mean? Right. <laughs> you know, that, that doesn't does no, add I, anything know, I, I got, to... I got the firm $5 billion in the first 30 days of me working exactly. there. It's impressive. Yeah. Not a lot of people can do that. Um, yeah. you know, I brought in, you know, 10 clients on average, you know, uh, on a monthly average. I exactly. created opportunity through network events. You know, I, I handled the network events for my previous law firm. Not a lot of legal assistants or paralegals do that, which I used to do that. Yeah. And they would send me out to promote the the law firm because of my personality and because of my value. They knew that I could bring value to, to those network events. Um, So understanding that you can bring more than just your skills and your education. Um, Yes. Thinking outside the box, being a little more innovative, uh, understanding that there's opportunity outside your nine to five. You know, these opportunities don't have to just stay close to the law firms. Um, Let's say you want to run network events for multiple law firms or for paralegal organizations or sit on an advisory board for a college that you graduated from. Um, There's a lot of opportunity out there that can bring you exposure and add to your resume. And yes, sometimes they're free, right? Because when you're on advisory boards or you're a member of a bar or something like that, you're providing your time. But I think sometimes time is more valuable than the monetary value that we so always want to look for. Um, Sometimes opportunity presents itself and you're like, wow, that's great on my resume. Like not a lot of people are going to be the chair of this bar association. Not a lot of people are going to be on the advisory. So adding those elements, adding that flavor, right. To your resume, Mm -hmm. cover letters. um, A lot of people discard cover letters, but I think the cover letter is kind of like what you were saying. It's a very nice introduction introduction um to you and to who you are and to what you why first of all why do you want to join this organization it should always be your number one um 
I guess, uh, best foot forward. Uh, you should always say, I want to join your organization because I love that you support our local community. And I'm a big advocate of improving our community. Um, I love what you do with your, you know, with, uh, your investments overseas, because I'm from that country and that country, you know, obviously that country I call home, uh, you know, little personal things that obviously make that impact. And it could just be a one sentence or one word that can really put you to the top of the list. Because like you said, they're reviewing hundreds, if not sometimes thousands of resumes, depending on the size of the firm and the popularity of the company. Mm -hmm. Um, So really putting yourself out there, you know, and really saying, I really want to work for you because of this, this and this. And this is what I think I bring value. I think I'll Mm -hmm. be great at your network events. I think I would be amazing for your outreach programs. Um, I love to volunteer for my community. It's something I already do. Right. So understanding that these things that you love to do outside of your work can actually be your work. Right. Can actually help you with your jobs, Um, which I think is why uh, hobbies was never really a thing on your resume. Like people didn't really put like what their hobbies were or extracurriculum activities were on their resume. And I think maybe within recent times is when more people started putting, Hey, I love to dance. I love music. I love, you know, community outreach programs. I love to volunteer. I love dogs, whatever it is, right. Whatever, you know, whatever your, um, your, your passion is right. Because sometimes your job is your job. Uh, you love your job, but sometimes there's something else that calls for you. Um, so understanding, putting the human back into your resumes and your cover letters and your networking and your social media posts. And, you know, uh, always understand that you're representing not only a company sometimes if you're working for a company, but you represent yourself. That's most important. Mm -hmm. How are you representing yourself to the world to, because social media is worldwide. So once you put a post out there, no matter how many privacy, um, settings you you have on your on your social media it's bound to get into the wrong hands um so understand that you're always putting your best foot forward you're always putting your your whatever you want the world to look at you it's you you're the one that has control of that narrative um Hmm. and so i love what you do do you have any i guess i would say like tips like just practical tips that you know paralegals legal assistants even attorneys can do like on a day-to-day basis because we all know that what we're talking about is not going to happen overnight it's definitely a skill that needs to be learned but um anything that you you think that the audience can take away and can work on on a day-to-day basis okay that's that, that yeah so the first thing that i would say is um, decide where you are now with an eye on where you would like to be. So um, it's that thing of define it for yourself. Otherwise, somebody else is going to define it for you and you're not going to like it, right? And um, this is something that some people might wonder, oh, I didn't think about it that way. But it is actually personal branding. Yes. When you talk about personal brands, some people think, oh, it's just a media thing, but it's just, you know, for writers and, and, and um, you know, actors or whatever. But if you think about the fact that personal branding is not just your reputation, it's what others, it, it goes a bit 
beyond what you do. It's what people truly believe of you, right? And so if you decide, okay, I'm working from home right now and um, at, at some point in the future, I would like to have an office and, and hire other paralegals, you know what your weaknesses are right now. I mean, I'm hoping that you do. And you know what your strengths are right now so that you're not completely paralyzed. Because you see, if you think, oh, the goal is to have this massive office in the center of my town, which is very expensive, right? The, the lease or whatever is very expensive with, with other paralegals. But right now, you don't have that money and you don't have the credit and you don't have, it can, in some ways, it can paralyze you into thinking, oh, I don't have that. So I, I'm not going to do anything about it, which is ridiculous because where you are right now, you don't even need that stuff that you've projected, right? So if you think to yourself, first of all, um, decide where you are right now and keep an eye on the future. And the reason that I say to keep an eye on the future is because if you keep an eye on the future, you are forced to uh, make progress. So you don't think of yourself as this a uh, person, this one paralegal who is working from your bedroom permanently. So if you're thinking of uh, thinking like somebody who might, who would ideally want to have this big, so, you know, paralegal agency, that means that even your productivity and your professionalism, the way that you behave and the way you think, you start to, because you're thinking like that person, you start to work towards it right so yes you have a life and life happens and a child might get sick and all that but you might have a, a small part of your room or your house where it's just a table like the whole world doesn't need to know it's a table it's just a table but when you get in there you are in official mode and you go right this is you know the and and you give your clients results that make um that make that person who would um, have the full office full of paralegals and hire other paralegals. So that, that kind of makes sense, right? Because you don't want to be, I mean, I run a publishing firm and I remember my very, very first client apart from myself. So somebody else that hired me at a time, I, I hadn't, I had the paperwork. So I had, um, I had registered the company, but I didn't have ISBNs, right? And so I had to like think about, okay, what? So is that gonna now be the thing that stops me from operating as a publisher? Right. No, because right. when I think about the fact that if I want these books, I mean, you can, some people can um, publish on Amazon without ISBNs, but they're not gonna get into certain um, organizations. Right now, I am, if not the only publisher in Nigeria, one of the very few whose books are in libraries abroad. They're not just available to libraries, they're physically, you know, they're in libraries. And these aren't even physical books, these are ebooks. Because from years ago, when we uh, registered the paperwork to say, okay, start a publishing firm, I said, right, I'm going to do the work going to do whatever it takes, get these ISBNs, because I knew that was the only thing that, you know, that would really stop um, that dream from happening, because I knew, right, I'm a small publisher, I'm not the now big four, like, because Random House bought Simon, Simon & Schuster, so they're now big four, I'm not that yet, but I can still 
look at that, at that goal, and work towards that, right? So that's one thing. The second thing, and this is something that if someone had told me this when I was much younger, this would have been my life so easy, but it is to learn how to recognize people, things, and situations for what they are, not what your ego or emotion would prefer, and treat them accordingly. Now, whether it's a human being or a situation, a meeting, like I have gone into meetings and been completely like pleasantly surprised by the outcome because sometimes you, um, even the way that you show up online, sometimes the uh, conversations that you have, and it can it, it can work the opposite as well. So. I would say some of my greatest um, regrets have been from not recognizing people, certain people, things and situations for what they actually are. Mm. So someone can say, oh, yeah, this is my BFF. And she agreed to do the um, the bookkeeping for me. And but your BFF does not have the the talent required or the skills required. She's going to get in trouble with the IRS. Mm. And you're not going to be able to fire her because you're thinking this is my BFF. I don't want to ruin her friendship. She's your BFF. She's not. She's not your bookkeeper. She's not your accountant. Why are you doing that? Because you've, you know, your emotion has told you. Oh, you know, because she offered, even when she's not been a friend of me, and she has good intentions. She doesn't have those skills. And unfortunately, um, when your clients or whomever, even as a paralegal, like if you've got somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and that's the first person your clients or your customers see that's what goes in their mind as oh this is how this person does her business they're not gonna they're very rarely gonna come back to you to ask for an explanation and when they hear and when they make up their minds that this is how you do business that's what they're telling other people so you you're going to find out that even if you've got the money, you're doing all this advertising and you're wasting money and the people, they've already made up their minds about you because of, you know, some sort of thing that went wrong with your personal brand and because you didn't recognize a certain thing, a certain a situation or a person for what they are and treat them accordingly, right? Okay. Um, another thing is to not copy people, no matter what. Like, it's good to take inspiration, but... What I tell people is if you don't know or you don't have access to that person's motivation, their network and their budget, then no matter what you think you're seeing, it's not the full picture. You don't know, you don't know what they're doing. Right. So I can. Right. So with my company, for instance, I can say, right, in a couple of months, we're going to have this podcast out or this book out. And so, of course, everything that you see is going to be geared towards that book. And so you're not going to think, oh, okay, she stopped doing all these other things. She's now doing only this book or she's now doing this book. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't know. I mean, and you're thinking, okay, she posts at 8 a.m. every morning. (laughs) you, You really think I'm sitting behind my phone or my computer with an alarm clock thinking, right, as soon as it goes eight o'clock, I'm going to post. You don't know if I've scheduled this thing months in advance. You don't know what I'm doing. So whatever it is you think you're seeing, if you don't know my motivation, you don't know my budget, you don't even know if I've got a PA or a, you don't know. 
then and you're copying and you're going to be wondering why is it not working for me it's not going to work for you because no it, it looks like we're doing the same thing we're not doing the same thing right so um there's that and the fourth thing i would say is don't be afraid to ask questions seriously mm. don't don't be afraid like you nobody is born knowing absolutely everything the fact that you don't know something yes it might mean that you're ignorant about that thing but it doesn't mean that you're stupid and the reason that you're ignorant about that thing might be because up until that point you've had no reason to know about it right i mean if i told you now i need you to publish a book within the next six months, you probably panic and you think, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what the steps are, but you don't know what the steps are because you haven't had any reason to do it. Right. You don't have any reason to know. You didn't study it. You haven't done it in real life. So don't be afraid to ask questions. And I think this is really sad. I find that a lot of women are just really frightened of asking questions because then you think oh they're gonna think I don't know it and I'm like but <laughs> but you don't know it isn't it better to say I don't know this thing receive grace for it I mean I mean some people are horrible and they're gonna make you feel bad because you don't know something but it's actually better that everyone knows I don't know this thing then you act like you know and then you land in you know you land yourself with a huge bill or in jail because you made people believe something you signed something and it turned out you didn't know what you were signing and tomorrow the tax man comes or it's something else and they're accusing you of something you don't know what you're doing what what you know you don't have any hand in it i remember um even with my firm as well there have been authors who've come to me and i put a contract in front of them and they're signing it and i'm like did you read it do you understand what's on this and they're like no and i'm thinking why are you signing something you don't know? And they go, oh, I didn't want you to think I didn't know. Mm. Uh, and I'm like, this is going to come back and bite you in the behind tomorrow because while I am not being able, this is a business arrangement. I'm not your friend. So this contract has been written in my favor. I need you to take this to your own lawyer and ask them if it's okay for you to sign it. Because if you come out three years from now, and this always happens in the media space, there's always, if you watch the news, there's always a musician, a singer or something who comes out every year and cries that years ago, they signed something that they didn't know wasn't good for them, but then they didn't receive advice. And so if they had, they, they would not have signed. And nobody can do anything. And it's like, what, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if you say, I don't understand this and, I, and you ask questions? Absolutely. Really, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? So it's those four things. And um, they can also sign up with my coaching program. That's uh, right. So that's, <laughs> that's a great segue to ending an amazing conversation. We'll definitely have all your links and everything on the description um, so they can know where to find you. She, Esther obviously is full of knowledge, has plenty of experience on every aspect where it comes to women in law and media. And it was just a pleasure having you on this podcast. I can't wait Likewise. to see what the future holds for you and your company. You are just an amazing soul in general. And I just enjoy your stories. I mean, honestly, you have the best 
stories ever. Um, and I wish Thank we could you. share them all on here, but uh, unfortunately we don't have that much time, but uh, it was awesome having you and I can't wait to see what this world has for you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Do you see decline in productivity, lack of motivation, or even high turnover at the law firm? This is probably because there is a lack of tools and training. Maybe you are seeking to enhance your skills and knowledge. Look no further than Rosa LLC, your premier provider of law firm staff training services and legal education for all legal professionals. At Rosa LLC, we understand the importance of continuous learning in the legal field. That's why we offer comprehensive training programs designed to empower your team with the latest legal insights and strategies. Rosa speaks both lawyer and paralegal which provides her with the edge you need to get your staff where they need to be. Whether you are looking to sharpen your skills, stay up to date on industry trends, Rosa LLC has the resources you need to succeed. Our flexible training programs can be customized to fit your firm's unique needs and schedule, ensuring minimal disruption to your day-to-day operations. Say goodbye to outdated training methods and hello to cutting edge legal education with Rosa LLC. Contact us today to learn more about how we can help you and your firm thrive in today's ever-changing legal landscape. Click the link below and schedule your 15-minute chat today.